This is a G.I. Joburg Special Edition report on Wave 3.5, Retaliation. Paul has gotten his hands on these figures. Via Paul, I've managed to get my grubby paws on them as well. And my first blushings are, these figures are outrageous. Truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> I've seen pictures, and, and uh, even I'm impressed. When I saw the picture, there was a lot of stuff that excited me. I was like, wow, these are great. And then as I saw more and more pictures, I was like, uh-oh, have I just pre-ordered Dangerous Figure Lots? Also, considering I bought both full waves of 1 and 2, with the exception of 2 or 3 characters. And I do feel quite burned by the first two waves. The excitement was a matter of, okay, I'm getting another Roadblock, I'm getting another Duke, I'm getting another Flint, I'm getting another Snake Eyes. Getting another Storm Shadow, because, you know, I've only got four or whatever in the last batch. But they arrived. BBTS, once again, came through and shipped them off pretty quickly, despite having a few glitches on their side. But they were really cool with how they handled that, and they sent it straight through to me, and awesomely packaged and everything. I opened them up, and wow, mind was blown. I mean, I normally have this tradition when I get new Joe toys to open the Joe figures that I'm the least interested in, in the wave, and then work my way up to the stuff I find the most interesting. In this case, I think the first one I opened was Duke, because he was the one I was the least interested in. And what a cool toy. He's got some fantastic articulation, really, really amazing detail on him, a really great arsenal of weapons. If you don't like Duke, but you like lots of guns, and you need a good body for, like, another character, then you should totally buy this Duke, <laughs> kind it's of thing. quite overwhelming how stocked each Joe and Cobra's blister pack is. Mm. There's not a whole lot of unused space on those cards. Whether it's an arsenal of weapons, or interesting gear, or timber. I suppose you're going to get into this in turn, Paul, but the Data Viper. We've been seeing images for quite some time, and I was thinking, oh, okay, there's a pre-production. We're not going to get nearly that kind of complement of cool stuff. And in situ, the figure is fully stacked with all that cool stuff. And it is so well thought through, and so insanely interactive, and there's just a lot of fun to be had Messing around with each individual figure, you could spend an hour on each one and feel like you didn't fully exhaust all the potential. And to be saddled with the entire wave is quite overwhelming. I must say, Paul, I'm not the kind of guy who goes out and buys a wave of toys indiscriminately. I do tend to pick and choose, but I see the wisdom in your ways. So. Oh, thank the first you. time in my life, I'm like, wow, it's overwhelming. I'm sitting with all these cool, brand new toys, and they're all actually winners. I can see so much merit in each figure. Maybe I've got stars in my eyes at the moment. It seems like they finally nailed the retaliation aesthetic, which they had trouble with early on. They had Battle of Carter nonsense action features that were hit and miss, but basically hurt the purity of the figures. Now they've divorced all that garbage, and they have extremely accurate movie incarnations. And the movie aesthetic, as espoused in these figures, is a winner. The sectionalized armor and the active knife sheets and pistol holsters, it's sublime. I can't be any more beaming about this wave. What I would start off with on this wave, if I have to describe it and go on about how great it is, is that if, for example, you are a kid and you love buying toys or you're a Joe fan and you love buying toys, which we hope you are. It's kind of got everything you need. You've never bought G.I. Joes before. You've got a Flint and a Duke, which are main characters, main characters in the movie as well. You've got Roadblock, another main character. You've got Snake Eyes, which is a great, another main character and also quite a badass at that. Then you've got some great rogues. You've got a Firefly, you've got Cobra Commander himself, you've got the Data Viper, and you've got your Cobra Ninja Viper is what they call him, who's a great troop builder. 
And then, okay, Quinn, I don't see Quinn as being the kind of character that everybody's going to look at on the shelf and want to pick up, but Quinn is awesome, if you're a fan of the comic, obviously, but what this line does is it gives you everything you need to start off Joe Collective. So, I mean, you've got a Crimson Guard in there, and you've got all of these cool little things. You've got lots of guns that you can get yourself started up with, so you can give everybody different types of weapons. It's got all of Roadblock's battle carter accessories, which are very well sculpted and very well made, and I'm, I'm sure they have got a place in a lot of people's collection, and then or their play pattern. You've got Cobra Commander's backpack, which you might want to use for other characters. It's a great place to start collecting G.I. Joe from. I think Hasbro did a really great job with that. Everybody's really well articulated. They all got stands. Hasbro's bringing the stands back. You might not love the stands. They might not be the best stands or what we used to, but they stands nonetheless. And I know a lot of guys, myself included, like to keep our figures on stands so that we can put them on our display shelves and they look great. It's an extra purchase that I don't always like doing. I don't like having to go and buy all those other stands. I like everybody having their own stand. It's actually cool to see Hasbro doing something crazy, in my opinion, in the sense that Roadblock comes with his modus. Uh, you can disassemble it. You can take the parts off and you can, I don't know, store it in something. It's cool that it comes apart. We haven't really seen a lot of stuff like that from Hasbro. First thing that comes to mind for me, actually, is Bullhorn's gun in his Bruce case. We see that kind of thing a lot in Marauder Inc. So it's interesting to see Hasbro take that on. Well, nobody knows better than Roadblock does that Mardus needs a barrel change after two belts of ammunition. Well, exactly that. That's a really cool thing, so now we can adapt that. I think a lot of people really missed out on the Vamp 4x4 when it came out in 2010. Uh, that is a great vehicle, and it's got a lot of these little holes and slots for modular weapons. And aside from Roadblock's Mardus being able to connect to the gun pods on the Eagle Hawk, you can also connect that gun to that Vamp 4x4. There's a lot of G.I. Joe vehicles that came sort of from that year that have those little ports that you can put those weapons in. I love that. I, I want to see more of that from Hasbro because they really do that well in the Star Wars line, but we don't see a lot of that in G.I. Joe. So it's cool that we're sort of seeing a bit of that again. Roadblock's backpack. I found a way to connect it to my E-Hawk. It's a bit of a confusing backpack, actually. I'm not sure if I'm using it right, but hey, it connects to the Eagle Hawk and I can get a repelling line from it, and that's pretty cool. So for those of you who don't want to modify your Eagle Hawk like I have, that's a great option for that. It fits into the plug holes just after the crew section. Yeah, those little holes there which you might be using to keep backpacks in. You could even, for all intents and purposes, put it in the holes inside the E-Hawk itself and then have them repel out the back of the Eagle Hawk. I haven't tried it yet. I'm sure it would fit if you mess around with it a bit. I know that that's the same backpack that Mouse came with. I'm really glad I didn't get that three-pack with Mouse in because I think if I'd gotten Mouse before I'd gotten this line, this line wouldn't have quite the shimmer that it does. The packs are full of accessories and gear. And some great Easter eggs. If you scrutinize the Cobra Ninja Viper's missile launcher, you'll see that it has an ass design on it. It's done up in the same Cobra blue and has the Cobra Spitting Fire logo on it which is taken from the vintage 1984 ASP Toba weapon system. That is beautiful. Cobra Commander's helipack has a lot of Fang evocation with the red missiles and it says Fang on it. Uh, it also is done up in black, but also resonates with the 1988 motorized vehicle pack helipack, which is, once again, just a great Easter egg and a great nod to toys that have come before, which if you have a sense of history that the three of us have with the line, you'll have that resonance. And Storm Shadow's flight pack has a lot of resonance with the Cobra Light Aerial Weapon, or Claw. While I don't like its sculpt because it sells out on a feature, 
of this gigantic plunger occupying most of its bulk, I see the basis of a very cool toy. I'm gonna ignore it because it does sell out of the gimmick, but it's so close to being a thing of beauty. It does give me a sense of elation when I see what they were doing with it. It's a relative gigantic syringe. We got this like really cumbersome toy, like Stephen saying. But then at the same time, we can feel that it's kind of like a, a love letter from Hasbro to the fans, in a weird way. It's mm. kind of like saying, hey, you know what, we actually know what you guys like, we know what you guys are into, we're trying to, to please both sides of the fandom. We realize that, you know, maybe the hardcore fans are the guys that need a little bit more love. So that's quite cool. Um, it's cool to see, you know, the, the claw detailing on the claw itself. It's the serial numbers of that, what is it, that Z, 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 um, another thing, actually, just to mention, is the Data Viper. He also has a 32 emblazoned on him. Uh, and also on his drone. Just so you guys know, if you have been living under a rock and haven't looked at the New Jersey. Uh, the Data Viper and Duke both come with a drone, which sort of in its own way resembles the Predator drone that the US uh, Army uses. And it's a really cool little toy, actually. And it's got a, a back plug, so you can put it on the figure's back. In this case, on the Data Viper, it's got a back plug to keep it on him. It's got these two holes on it to keep these guns. So that you can have a drone that has firing capability, plus the guns can be used by the, the toy itself, by the characters. And it's got the two wings that come out, you don't have to pull them out independently, so it's got a little feature there. And yeah, it's also, like I said, it's, it's also blazing with that 032. I'm gonna nitpick and say the numbering on Data Viper is very Different. military, yes. but not very Cobra military. Yes. It's as if Cobra uses a more elegant font than United States military, but the Data Viper, you know, when he's got his equipment on, he could very easily be a Joe. Yes. There's nothing that screams Cobra. Even the color scheme is kind of subdued. Instead of a Cobra blue or red, you've got kind of a minty color, which, which screams like high-tech, high-value trooper. But I don't think it says Cobra to me. But anyway, that's a minor nitpick. It is a terrific toy, and there's so many bells and whistles and points of articulation and missile cassettes on his shoulders and an aerial and a ball-jointed radar dish and these sort of flight controls. It's very kind of virtual reality, 20 days into the future. Kind of battleground, yeah. Kind of soldier. My girlfriend actually the nail on, hit a good um, point she on it. nailed you. No, no, nailed me on the head, yes. No, because she would do that, because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I wish my girlfriend would nail me on the head. But, um. Do you wish your girlfriend would nail you on the head, bro? But, uh. <laughs> uh, we, her and I are both actually playing that G.I. Joe Battlegrounds game on our mobile devices on my iPhone and her Samsung. We're both playing it and, uh, currently there's an event and one of the, the big characters in that event is a Laser Viper. Us vintage fans know Laser Vipers pretty well. They're very cool. When she saw the Data Viper, she sort of, in a bit of a Freudian slip, called him a Laser Viper as opposed to a data viper. And in a lot of ways that actually makes sense. And for me the data viper seems a lot like a modern era laser viper, in a way. And a tele viper. It's kind of weird. And it's kind of both those things. I picture my data viper being in a Cobra trouble bubble, you know, doing its thing, controlling drones from that. But that's just me. And then just something to mention as well, I was watching my G.I. Joe animated series box set. And on one of the special features they were just talking about the making of the toys. And one of the current Hasbro designers that was on there he was talking about uh, liking certain characters, and he actually mentioned that he um, put these ideas in the Data Viper, and he actually showed the Data Viper. Now, a lot of you guys might know, I think this box set came out in 2009, okay? We hadn't seen the Data Viper, I think, until 2011. So, I mean, they've been kicking the idea around Hasbro for quite a while now. So, it's really cool to see a figure that's been kicked around their office for that long, and almost, you know, doomed to come back into play, and 
it was sort of it's also a bit of a love letter to us as fans because it's once again it's a very purposeful viper and it's great to have those. Yeah, and it finally adds something new to the named viper ranks. I mean, we see hit and miss homages to classic viper divisions. When I say hit, I mean something like the alley viper, for instance. And we see misses when we see attempts at recreating the rock viper. But this is an entirely original viper, which makes a lot of sense on the battlefield of today, or perhaps behind friendly lines. I mean, you wouldn't deploy a data viper on the front line, I don't imagine. But it's a very good chapter in the viper. Sort of ranks, yeah, the viper rank. Yeah, it's, like, yeah it's, it's a good thing to have in Cobra. It's, it's, it's been done well, is I suppose my point. It's something new, and they've definitely done their homework, and it pays off. The elbow grease. And then just the other thing that was just bugging me about this line is the foot pegs are placed in really strange positions this time. Uh, a lot of them are in their ankles or, you know, in the ball of your foot, which is fine generally, but because they're all using these cool, funky, rolly, um, rocker heels, rocker heels, it just makes it very ankles. difficult to get good grip on the stand itself. I know for a fact Storm Shadow has quite a few issues with it and so does the Crimson Guard and Cobra Commander as well also have issues picking onto their stands. Like and I like putting them in cool, funky action poses and stuff. I don't like them lying around. Well, get them to balance on their feet. That is uh, a skill in itself, and I have been playing around with that a lot. I'm and so glad. But it is cool sometimes to have them in like a running pose, you know, where they have uh, only got their one foot on the ground, and that kind of stuff is really cool. So that's just like my other complaint, and it's not even a really like desperate thing. It's something that I think if Hasbro could just move more of the hole to, you know, the middle of the feet, that would actually just be cooler. But, you know, I'm I must sure say, I'm in favor of a figure like Storm Shadow having quite dainty, very almost nude feet. So that's why you can't have very deep peg holes. Yeah, I mean, I can see that with the His articulation. His feet are bound very lightly. He's not wearing thick combat boots. He's Storm Shadow. He's a ninja. He's, he is stuff. He is also, in my opinion, the best figure in his life. He's pretty outstanding. I love this toy. I think if you're looking for the, the Sacto. Storm Shadow in your collection. I think this guy is, especially if you love classic armor, Storm Shadow. This is why modern era Joe is so bewildering to me. Why is it we have to go through yeah. 50 versions of one character before we get one that we can honestly say, okay, this is it. We can stop buying Storm Shadows for you know, another decade. Yeah, well, this I think this is my go-to Storm Shadow. This is it's just incredible. The last really great Storm Shadow was stunning. It was a great figure. I'm talking, of course, um, of the 30th anniversary Storm Shadow. He is fantastic, but there was something about him that just screamed more white ninja than fully Storm Shadow. And this Wave 3.5, they've just done something special. But um, enough of me gushing about this line. I think you guys should totally go out and buy it. A figure that we haven't really mentioned, Quinn and Budo. Budo, when I saw him, I was like, holy shit, this is like an amazing toy. You know, he's going to have limited articulation. But I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to wait. You know, maybe he's got something to him and stuff. And, and I mean, there's Budo. I mean, Budo is pretty hit and miss in G.I. Joe. You either like Budo or you don't. You know? If you can find a place for Budo in your Joeverse, great. All the best to you. But I got him. The first thing I did is I removed his massive overcoat, and he is a much cooler toy now. So if you were scared of getting him because you thought you couldn't have any fun sort of playing with the toy and moving him around and the you worried he's just going to be like a fancy samurai-looking statue, Tell you now, when you remove the big rubbery overcoat, it improves his articulation tenfold. Underneath that all is actually a 30th anniversary Storm Shadow body. So he's got a lot of articulation, and he's got fantastic swords, and the swords are going to the side. He doesn't come with anything extra other than his helmet and his swords. Uh, I think it's because they spent a lot on tooling him, so 
they have to sort of cut costs here and there, and I don't remember Budo using a machine gun. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen Budo in the comic book. Oh, no, I have. I've seen him in one. One of the special missions. I think that Devil's Due did. Him and a couple of 1988 Joes saved the day, didn't they? Him and Lightfoot and Hardball, I think it was an issue in the main run of A Real American Hero. I must check that, because I'm rereading Real American Hero at the moment. And that was his one shining moment. Look, listeners, if I'm to venture a very honest opinion, Budo is the one figure in this line that I would gratefully skip. He doesn't find a place in the My Joeverse, and you have to work very hard to find a place for him in yours. But, that said, if you are into ancient Japanese dios, look no further. He is a samurai warrior, and this rendition of him goes very traditional. The classic 1988, I think it was, or 89, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. uh, Budo, had some vaguely military similarities. I mean, he was done up in green and brown. Already off the bat, you've got colors that can blend in with the main line of G.I. Joe's. This guy's done up in entirely in red. His gigantic antlers coming out of his very ornate helmet. This is not trying to blend in with a modern military anti-terrorist group at all. Yeah, it makes no bones about the fact that this is basically an indulgence. It is a design masterpiece and one that perhaps belongs in a cabinet, but I don't think he belongs in a van. Like, I don't see him jumping in a van or snowcat or anything and going on adventures, but I'm really glad I got him because it's great to have a samurai at this scale. And we haven't spoken a lot about Quinn, but Quinn is a fantastic character in the comic book, in the Real American Hero line. I love what Quinn brings to that early line of comics in a lot of ways. It's kind of like the stuff I imagine somebody like Snake Eyes would say, uh, probably in a more sort of accomplished tongue, obviously, because Snake Eyes is American. Quinn is an Inuit. He's mastered a whole bunch of different languages. But he's just a really cool character, and he's somebody that I think deserves to be in, in any old-school G.I. Joe fan's collection, purely because of the cool stories and ideas you can come up with with him. I mean, even when he dies, he has one of the coolest deaths ever in the comic, and I don't want to go into that because I don't want to ruin that for you, but awesome. And a great figure to actually go with him would be to get a Dr. Venom, because he's also a great bad guy, and that would be a cool uh, complimentary piece. But we got Quinn, so Hasbro gave us old-school G.I. Joe fans something that's very distinctly old-school G.I. Joe, aside from giving us an amazing Storm Shadow. Another figure in this line, I'm a Snake Eyes fan, I love Snake Eyes, I love ninjas. This Snake Eyes is kind of weird. He's a great toy to play with. He's very cool. I think he's not all the Snake Eyes he could be, to be really honest. There's a few things that irritate me about him, like uh, he doesn't really have a sword sheath, aside from stringing his sword through the bandolier. You know, they've done these pouches on his ankles, which are in the that classic Snake Eyes, but they just look a little bit funny. He looks like he's got, like, pixie feet. I don't know, just... Drives me a little bit crazy. I'd say they based this Snake Eyes not so squarely off the 1985 action figure, but this Snake Eyes is based on Rod Wiggum's artwork. And Rod Wiggum is synonymous with some of the best G.I. Joe artwork ever, and also synonymous with some of the most extravagant ninja action early on in the line. But the one thing that his art style did that I find annoying, <laughs> is when he shows a character running, he gives them this, this very kind of balletic, like, stride, where they're pointing their toes, and kind of like, doing a leap, almost. And it sounds like a harsh judgment to say guilty of, but he did set Snake Eyes' look as a skin-tight, black spandex superhero aesthetic, as opposed to 
a fabric commando black sweater and trousers look. So they are definitely evoking that. And to be honest, the Snake Eyes that comes in Wave 3.5, while being true to that art style and extremely faithful of that, is really just symbiote Spider-Man with a gray visor and grenade strapped to his chest. If that's your thing, then you've got to wonder as a Snake Eyes. I know uh, Justin from General Joe's, out of that whole line, he reckons this is the one figure that you don't have to go for, that you can miss. Oh no, did you just inadvertently or very advertently echo Justin? Yeah, I just I <laughs> figured I would. It's just like, you know, I read his website, I'm on his website quite a bit. You know, that's the thing, you know, you've got a, a figure here where I think a lot of your opinions are going to be polarized. I, I think it's gonna, people are going to really love it, and then people are going to really hate it. I don't think you're going to find very many in between us. And it's just interesting. That's a toy when I first saw it in pictures. I was like, okay, that's a winner. And when I got him in hand, I was a little disappointed with him. But he is a great Snake Eyes to play with. He's tiny. He'll fit into most vehicles. He's really posable. And for myself, I don't always like using the movie aesthetic for Snake Eyes because it just, it's, I find it a bit jarring. So it's cool to have something very comic especially considering that I don't really want to mess up my, what I like to call the sideshow Snake Eyes. So that's my gushing on the 3.5 line. And I'm really freaking happy I got my hands on these kids. Yeah, they sound, they sound quite amazing. I actually wouldn't mind getting in this collection. I was starting to lose faith in the, <laughs> the new style shows. They didn't seem to have very cool ones recently, and they kept reiterating the same characters. Even though this is all reiteration again, they all seem very, very cool. Like they finally started building nice figures again. Mm. Which I think is brilliant. The one side was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm getting characters like, I'm getting new characters. Somebody I haven't had five of. Like, I'm getting Quinn. Yes. And I'm getting a data fight. Yes, this is amazing. And I'm getting a decent Cobra Commander because we all need one in our collection, okay? When it all arrived and we got like a really great posable Sims and a really great Duke and all these guys, it's a great feeling to have these characters. Now it'd be nice and I hope Hasbro hears this and I hope the fan base echoes what I'm saying here. But we don't need another fucking Duke or Roadblock for like three years, please. Can we have other shows? <laughs> Good luck. At San Diego Comic Con, they showed off this whole, like, oh, not San Diego, the one joke on, they showed this whole really amazing display of all of these great toys, like Frag Vipers and Cheat Vipers, and there was an amazing Flint and a fucking cool Lady J and that Destro. Uh, that Destro, and there's just Gun-ho. these really, really incredible designs for characters that we haven't seen in a while. That was crazy. And we could use them. No. Oh, all your pretty hats. <laughs> Enough ninjas, enough dudes, enough flints, enough roadblocks, we've got enough. Seriously, we do. Yeah, um, all for it. New characters, please. And the most original and most underrepresented character, this beautiful love note to the fans, Quinn. Let it be said that I find him a faultless figure. It's his accessory that I find fault with. And perhaps I'm doing those of you out there who are oblivious a favor. Or perhaps I'm cursing you to be jaded against this figure. But he comes with a .50 caliber machine gun, which is incorrect. Quinn used the .3. Yeah, pretty cool. Air-cooled, which was a feat for him to be wielding it on his own in that early run. And this was before Roadblock had come along and blown him out of the water by wielding the Big Daddy version of the mommy machine gun. But... Basically, Quinn's weapon is inaccurate. And it's a pity because they seem to be reprising the 25th anniversary roadblock weapon when a much better, more superiorly scaled and sculpted version has just been reproduced 
in exactly the same way. I would have enjoyed seeing the spade grip 50 cal that Roadblock comes with in Wave 3.5, included with Quinn. Mm. But you know what? He comes with so much other good stuff, I can overlook it. But his signature weapon, the gun that he is depicted with, right the way through issue number two, right the way through his story arc in Sierra Gordon, is not included with him. And that is random. It is a shame. But maybe Hasbro will re-release Quinn as a Arctic Quinn, and then we will most likely get that 30 cal or something very much like what we need to have with them. So either that or the world is going to see an increased sale in snow jobs, Arctic shipwreck and Arctic snake eyes.